right, glad you're with us. And 251 days until the ultimate jury, you, we, the American people, you get to decide and hopefully shock the world again. But that is in your hands, not mine. My job is to to help inform you every day about what is at stake. And there is an awful lot at stake. Um, Before we get to last night's debacle, before we get to James O'Keefe, who will join us today. Wow. uh, ABC News suspending David Wright, a reporter, because of comments that he had made uh, to Project Veritas about the state of the media. I mean, it's a pretty stunning uh, statements, but... I mean, he didn't know it was being recorded, and he's just a moment of candor, and, and he's, he's telling us what we've already known, how corrupt and abusively biased the news media mob is and how journalism, if it ever existed, has been dead and gone and buried a long time ago. Uh, Bill O'Reilly today, and uh, much, much more, the lack of equal justice under the law, and, and I don't care you know, if it's Roger Stone's case, it's just, it, it takes my breath away how corrupt that is. And uh, Hillary Clinton, how ironic they want to extradite Julian Assange. uh, And on information they claim he got from Russia, when I interviewed him, he said over and over and over again he didn't. All right, I'll let other people decide. But um, he didn't pay for his Russian lies. Not one bit. Uh, You know, in the case of uh, Roger Stone, I wonder if Roger Stone now is allowed, if, if there was a jury and Hillary Clinton was on trial or any deep state actor was on trial, I wonder if Roger Stone would be allowed to sit on that that jury or whether his comments in the past about Hillary Clinton might come into play. Ethan made that observation uh, earlier today before the show. Great point. Uh, They are so hyperventilatingly politicizing the coronavirus, um, and none of it is based in truth. There's, you know, I've said this before. Donald Trump came up with a cure for cancer. They'd impeach him because maybe he talked to a Russian about the cure or a Ukrainian about the cure. Uh, There is some good news. Well, if you want to call it good news, the Wall Street Journal is reporting. I'm not playing into all the hype. Now, I think you should take every virus seriously. I asked the president when I interviewed him for the Super Bowl specifically about this. And the president said, no, 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 we've our top people. We have offered all the help resources that China would need in assisting and the world preventing the spread of a potential pandemic. A lot of facts about it that, you know, people are getting the the daylight scared out of them. So far, 60 Americans. That's a lot. That's enough. Uh, We have to take it seriously. The president now is willing to spend a fortune doing it, but it's never enough for liberal Democrats that want to politicize an issue. But the Wall Street Journal did point out today, if you're looking for real information, there is a drug maker. uh, Moderna Inc. is the name of the company. They have shipped the first batch of what they are rapidly developing, which is a coronavirus vaccine to U.S. government researchers who are going to launch the first human testing on this and whether the experimental shot could help suppress the epidemic which originated in China, uh, that's good news because that's how great our scientists are. That's how great our medical professionals are. It doesn't surprise me that we have people that can work that fast and come up with something that quickly that they think is going to be able to help the entire world. As I always say, 
in America. We have paid the price of freedom for the entire world, and no country has accumulated more power and used it to advance the human condition more than us. Anyway, they sent the vaccine virals from uh, their Norwood, Massachusetts manufacturing plant to the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases in Bethesda, and the Institute expects by the end of April to start a clinical trial of about 20 to 25 healthy volunteers testing whether two doses of the shot are safe and induce an immune system response likely to protect against infection. Uh, we have Anthony Fauci, who we've had on this program, has been around a long time, said in an interview the initial results could become available in July or August. And again, American scientists leading the way. Anyway, their turnaround time in doing this, code designed with, uh, with Anthony Fauci's group, NIAID, uh, after learning of the new virus's genetic sequence in January, is a stunningly fast response to the emerging outbreak. But that's not going to stop Democrats from politicizing a health issue, is it? Now, there are some hot spots here. Italy now has reported its 11th death. Bahrain, the tiny uh, Persian Gulf nation, they've got 24 cases. Iran, the death toll there apparently is up to 16. Uh, Spain reported their first case, a woman from Barcelona who visited northern Italy. Uh, the Canary Islands, a coronavirus case was identified there. South Korean officials are racing to contain the virus. Uh, and they, they now have about 1,000 a, a confirmed cases. Switzerland, Austria, Romania confirmed their first cases, people that went to Italy. Croatia confirmed their first case. Um, but when you look at it, um, you know, one of the biggest problems with this is during the incubation period, you, it's, you're infectious. You can transmit the virus, but you don't even know you have the virus. That makes it more difficult. The death percentage rate of people that get it, most, most people recover. 98% of people recover. It's about 2% of people that do not recover. And a top doctor has now said the disease will spread in the U.S. That's definitely a possibility. I mean, just based on the way the world travels, the president was very quick to close off uh, our borders to people from other countries. By the way, Democrats didn't support that. And now they're trying to attack the president with uh, all of this. And uh, again, 60 cases confirmed in the U.S. Vast majority of people have been evacuated from an infected uh, cruise ship in Japan that were being held in quarantine. I mean, contact tracing is extraordinarily difficult in all of this. Uh, the virus, about 80,000 people estimated worldwide, about 2,000 deaths uh, emerging in China. I think the Chinese were trying to keep this a secret in the hopes that maybe they could contain it, but they didn't. Um, we need to stop the panic, according to the, uh, Italy's prime minister. Uh, we had one case of an infected Korean uh, air cabin crew worker who had been on flights to Los Angeles. One U.S. soldier in South Korea has tested positive. Every adult in Hong Kong to get a cash handout. That's a separate issue. Sorry about that. Anyway, but, you know, now they're politicizing it. Now they're doing what Democrats do now we're and even Mitt Romney of course I told you Mitt Romney is just a diminished figure at this point now he's looking for relevancy uh Donald Trump did not fire by the way uh mayor farmer Mike mini Mike Bloomberg 
Uh, he didn't fire the pandemic specialist or defund the CDC. I don't know why that came up in the debate last night. I guess it came up last night somewhere in South Carolina during the debate. One of the great problems you read about the virus, the president fired the pandemic specialist in this country two years ago. Nobody here to figure out what the hell we should be doing. And he defunded the Centers for Disease Control so we don't have the organization that we need. Uh, no, in reality, the pandemic expert voluntarily, after the National Security Advisor John Bolton was uh, appointed, left and Bolton disbanded the unit that he was the supervisor of in an effort to downside the NSC staff. And the purpose of that unit had been to look at cases like Ebola long before this virus ever emerged. Uh, what are they doing? They're trying to weaponize the coronavirus into a political issue. Now, there are certainly concerns about how it impacts the economy. There are concerns about, okay, well, people aren't going to go to work in China. That impacts trade. That impacts the, the global economy. You know, it's an $85 trillion global GDP question. Is that going to impact? It might for a period of time. Something we've got to be aware of. Uh, but uh, when I first interviewed Anthony Fauci, going back now a number of weeks, you know, they've been working on it. The CDC's been working on it. The president told me in the Super Bowl interview that all of our experts have been offered to China and the world to help in all of this. Uh, and yet Democrats are all over the president saying this is terrible. The president's not doing enough. OK, well, the president has now appropriated two point five billion dollars in funds to get started. What's the answer of the, the Chuck Schumer types where if, if the dog bites, the bee stings, if you're feeling sad, if Donald Trump cured cancer, you'd still hate him? Oh, no, no, this is just not enough money. We've been caught flat-footed. Uh, okay, so they're not going to support the $2.5 billion to help combat the disease in this country? That's pretty stupid logic on their part. Why? Because they're upset, what, that they didn't think of it? And they didn't support, by the way, the president, well, pretty early on, uh, and the president tweeted out, his administration's been doing a great job on this, including the very early closing of our borders to certain areas of the world that, by the way, was opposed by the Democrats as being too soon, but turned out to be the correct decision. And he tweeted referring to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Um, but it doesn't matter. 2.5 billion is a good start. And as we need more money, let's take it as we let's take the 2.5 billion and get going. But, you know, you got Chucky e. Schumer racing to the cameras. The most dangerous place in America is to be between a camera and Chuck Schumer. Um, but this is this is who they are. This is what they do. I mean, if the president asked for five uh, billion dollars, they'd say that's not enough. If he asked for 10 billion, that's not enough. Uh, $2.5 is a pretty good start uh, for Americans uh, to do the best that we possibly can. Now, Donald Trump did not cause the virus. Then you have other people. This is Donald Trump's Katrina. I'm like, what are you people talking about? Anyway, um, if you go back and look at the real timeline in all of this, Health and Human Services Secretary Azar said the preparation had been possible because of the how aggressively the president responded. He said that because of the president's prudent travel restrictions and early containment strategy, local government officials have been granted time to prepare, which they've been doing. The administration takes the incredi this incredibly seriously and in the spirit of full transparency, keeping the public informed 
of the situation as it's rapidly evolving. Now, if you get sick with anything, the place I'd want to be is in the United States of America. Why? Because we have the best doctors, the best scientists, and the greatest ability to heal people and solve these problems, hence the Wall Street Journal, and hence this company in Massachusetts that has already developed what they think will be the basis of a vaccine for the virus. It's going to take time. All these things uh, do, but they're moving expeditiously, and I would say that is a good thing. Um, Anyway, it's who they are. This defines them. Donald Trump could do nothing right in their view. Uh, Well, when you have Democrats saying Debbie Dingell, saying it was a disgrace, the Democratic debate last night, it pretty much sums it all up. Uh, We'll cover all of this, the politics of it. We also have Bill O'Reilly. We have, wow, this big, huge uh, investigated report by Project Veritas. David Wright, an on-air reporter, has now been suspended as a result of it. And if I know James O'Keefe, it's probably only step one. All right, glad you're with us. I don't know what you said. I I watched this thing last night, and um, there was an interesting CBS poll. Uh, The debate made Democrats, Democrats now, uh, more nervous than optimistic or inspired. 47% more nervous, uh, which I thought was very, very funny. Uh, You got, you know, Bernie Sanders doubling down on... Oh, let's see, the the former Soviet Union and Cuba and Venezuela and Nicaragua and all of these regimes. And I mean, that was a a spectacular admission on his part, Uh, even as fellow Democrats are saying, well, at least lie and act like you don't like these these tyrannical regimes. Um, One of the things that was very clear to me as I'm watching this entire debate is none of them, I thought, had any ability to get in the arena with Donald Trump and 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 have any chance of making any inroads. Uh, If I heard, you know, Bloomberg with his he he comes in, obviously, with his prepared line against Bernie. Uh, It was so rehearsed. it, it, It fell so flat. It was almost embarrassing Bernie, you know, is fixated on hating billionaires and everything being free, free college, free loans, uh, uh, loans that will, you know, be forgiven and health care for all, Medicare for all, single payer system. Poor Mayor Pete, you know, is out there just he did it in a fairly funny way, but it's not going to help begging for money. Uh, A lot of pandering uh, that went on for the identity politics side of of the Democratic Party. Uh, Bloomberg. You know, his answers on stop and frisk are just pathetic. And and Warren clearly has made an alliance, from my perspective, with Bernie Sanders. She's vying for that VP spot with Bernie. And um, and Joe Biden is trying to act tough. And Joe Biden's not tough. And after the week that he had, which has been a disaster, saying, uh, yeah, I'm running for Senate. And every other debacle of the week, it didn't go too well for him. Uh, you had the false claim of Bernie that. You know, claiming that U.S. prisons, more in U.S. prisons than in China. You have Joe Biden claiming that 150 million Americans died from gun violence since 2007. Okay, that's half our population, so that's another lie. Bloomberg in the debate claiming Russia is helping Bernie Sanders in the Democratic race. They're Russia-obsessed. And, oh, Michael Bloomberg wouldn't call the dictator president for life in China a dictator. Wow. Wow. Amazing, amazing developments.
All right, 25 now until the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Um, Look, this is now what it is. You have what we've been telling you, a radical extreme Democratic Socialist Party. They have, there are no moderate Democrats any longer, period, end of sentence. And, you know, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm almost getting a headache watching these, these Democrats debate. At the end of the day, there are a ton of similarities. They all support open borders, amnesty. They all support late-term abortion. They all support pretty much eliminating in some way, shape, manner, or form uh, the Second Amendment, they all support free, 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 free. It just depends how much of the free they want to give. And none of them seem to believe in free market capitalism and lower taxes. I mean, they're all saying they're going to raise taxes, all of them. And it just comes down to a matter of how much. And so as they sit there attacking each other and Bernie Sanders, every other word is billionaires, billionaires, billionaires. I mean, OK. It's getting I, I, I don't understand. I've never had, even when I had no money at all, a belief that I had a right to other people's money or a hatred towards people that were successful. I actually had a fascination with how is it that people can actually successfully achieve these amazing things in life? How do you do it? Now, we're all we all work and serve other people. You either provide goods or services that people want, need and desire. That is our system. And it's the most honest system. And it's a system where the harder you work, the better you tend to do. Uh, And it's a system that, you know, while you're out there providing your particular service or or building goods that people want, need and desire. Well, then you have the money to pay other people to build your house and build your car and and put the food on the shelves and the, and the farmers grow the food. Farmer Mike, of course, knows he can teach anybody to be a farmer. You don't need a lot of gray matter, according to him. Um, I'm, I don't care if it's Medicare for all. I don't care on a lot of these things. You know, Bloomberg apologizing repeatedly about a stop and frisk went too far. It is, a, it is election year, a, an election year conversion and pandering at its worst. It is what we hate about politicians. He's lying. And the reason he's lying is because he didn't think he was going to run for office again. He thought he was done. But now he's saying, oh, I got to play identity politics, a big part of the base of the Democratic Party are are African-Americans. And African-Americans are not going to like the fact that I supported stop and frisk. I, I don't even think it's the policy. Because you can make the strong case that stop and frisk saved a lot of lives and and many minority lives. But it's what he thought about and how he expressed his support. Oh, it's where all the crime is. That's where we put all the cops. We only arrest minority kids. And cops are told they got to throw these kids up against the wall. No, they don't have to do that. And I guess he breaks from the Democratic pack on the issue of... Healthcare because he's willing to tell a 95-year-old with cancer, oh, go home to your family. You're done. We're not pay- we can't afford it. We're not going to pay for your health care. Go home and die. Is he going to do that in his own life, or is he going to go to the Mayo Clinic and, and every big health hospital expert in the country to try and save and extend his life? I mean, so I, it is breathtaking hypocrisy on his part. Um, 
But there is a contempt. They all agree on one thing is they hate Donald Trump. They don't have a good answer about the record low unemployment that Trump has given us. They don't have any real criticisms that are valid as it relates to his foreign policy. I mean, he has kept his word on judges and tax cuts and ending burdensome bureaucracy and on energy independence and got the money for the wall and he's building the wall and better and freer and fairer trade deals, even with China, that will benefit manufacturers and and the automobile industry and the service industry and our our great farmers with a lot of gray matter that know a lot about science and the science of agriculture that feed the entire country and the world on top of that. But they all agree, all right, no Second Amendment. They all, most of them want to stack the courts. Most of them would love to get rid of the Electoral College. Well, that will divide America in a way that will, it's, that'll be irreparable damage. Because if you think red states are not going to, are going to accept that people in New York, Illinois, Chicago, and San Francisco, California, the sanctuary states, it's not going to happen. And they all want to pay for health care for illegal immigrants, and they all want open borders, and they all want a, a pathway to citizenship for those that did not respect our laws and sovereignty. And they all support some version of this late-term abortion madness. So they're out of touch. Um, I don't know if you can say there were any winners or losers in, in this thing. I just know that the money doesn't add up for anybody. And I don't care who, who you are here. It just does not add up. You got Bolshevik Bernie Sanders and you, you know, another day of praising dictators. Now he's added Venezuela to the list. I'm like, can you pick the worst countries ever that have done more to dehumanize people, kill people, steal private property, take over every industry? They all support some version of the new Green Deal and getting off of oil and gas, which is now the lifeblood of the world's economy, that is that is pretty scary. And that would that would destroy our economy in pretty short order. You know, Bernie starts his taxation at when you make twenty nine grand a year, you're gonna get slapped with a four percent tax increase. Employers, they're gonna get hit with an additional seven point five percent payroll tax. Well what do you think the employers are going to do? They're not gonna give their employees raises And whatever goods or services they provide, they're going to raise prices on us. We, customers, we will end up paying more. They will not absorb that 7.5% payroll tax. You know, this myth that corporations pay any taxes, it's just a lie because they pass on the cost to we the people. Under Bernie's plan, capital gains taxes will go up. If you're a, quote, high-income earner, you'll now get taxed at a top federal rate of 25%, a 15% hike. Well, the problem is those people that are high-income earners, I don't know anybody really that got rich, that did work for it, that is stupid. I think a lot of them are going to look at the tax advantages in other countries at this point. Why do you think we're seeing a mass exodus from all of these blue states like New York, New Jersey, California, and Illinois? We're seeing it for a good reason. And he have the death tax. He wants the death tax now to go up to uh, 77%. Now, remember, they support the wealth tax. After you paid all of your taxes, all of them, your sales taxes, your property taxes, your income taxes, after you paid it all, and if you've saved any of your money, they want to retroactively take a look at how much you saved, and they want to take a big chunk of that money, 
which I would argue is legalized stealing. And so they can pay for all of these programs that they are calling free, free, free. And and they want to confiscate people's wealth. All right. Seventy seven percent death tax. Okay, well, if you live in New York, well, the state of New York gets another 10 percent. So that's 87. The city of New York gets another three percent. That's 90 percent. So you work your whole life, you pay all of your taxes, you obey the laws, you contribute to society, you paid all that. Then they want to come back and legalize stealing with a wealth tax. And then when you die, if you live in a state like New York, they're going to take 90 percent of what you saved again. They want another bite at the apple. And you pay to die in the United States of America a very high amount. Now it's 40 percent. And if you're in New York, it's 53 percent. What gives government the right to come back and steal your money at that level when you already paid taxes? So that's two more bites at the apple. The first one with a wealth tax, the next one with a death tax. Now they're going to raise the corporate income tax to 35%, a 14% increase, a 14-point increase. What do you think corporations are going to do? What are corporations in the business of doing? Providing goods and services that people want, need, and desire. Do you think they're going to take that 35%, 14% increase and just do nothing with it? They're going to do one of two things. They're either going to move out of the country and produce their goods abroad and make uh, Mexico and Latin America great again and build their economies, or they're just going to raise the cost of their goods and services and, and we end up paying all of it. At the end of the day, it all falls on us anyway. That's the fallacy behind all of this. They're going to put a cap on itemized tax deductions. Well, that's going to reduce the incentivizing of buying certain goods and you know let's say there's a i don't know you get to write off an airplane or something for your business uh okay no one's gonna buy one well what about the people that make those airplanes guess what uh they're gonna be out of work or shipbuilders well hannity you're sticking up for rich people that buy planes and boats well you know what i never got a job from a poor person in all the years i was poor When I was a contractor, I only got hired by people that could afford my services. When I was in the restaurant business, I was only serving people that could afford to pay for their dinners. And they claim that now it is, look, they want, I don't know what it is that what they haven't learned, how redistribution, socialism fails everywhere it is tried. And they're all, all of this is about you, we, the people. You know, I I guess there's a certain appeal that they're going to take away all of your natural fears, all of your anxiety. What happens when I retire? Will I have money to retire? Will I lose my house when I retire? What's going to happen to my children? Okay, uh, can I afford to send my kids to college? No, no, no. We're going to take care of everything. Just like they promised with Obamacare. And maybe everything free sounds great. And maybe the idea that you're going to empower them to go after your fellow citizens and confiscate their wealth and give it to you. The problem is under no scenario with what it is they're proposing, does do the numbers even begin to closely add up? They just don't. It's a matter of simple math at some point here. But again, I'm thinking logically. 
How did we accumulate all of this power and advance the human condition the way we have as a country and simultaneously paying the price for liberty and freedom around the world and beating back, let's see, fascism and communism and imperial Japan and and Nazism? We, we paid the price. We paid the price to beat down the Soviet Union, too. Bernie's honeymoon place. So they're out there attacking each other left and right. Warren, is, I got the impression Warren is, is vying to be Bernie Sanders VP, going after Bloomberg and NDAs, et cetera, et cetera. She's telling uh, her refuted story about getting fired while she was pregnant. There have been a number of stories written about how that has been debunked, whatever. It's irrelevant to me. Pocahontas tells us the whole story about truthfulness and veracity as it comes from Elizabeth Warren. Bloomberg says he's been training for the presidency since 9-11. He wasn't mayor of New York City during 9-11. He's now saying it everywhere he goes. I've been training for this job since I stepped on the pile that was still smoldering on 9-11. And I'm like, well, I was there. I, I was right there doing my shows from, from the location. Right. I've walked right up to it, saw it with my own eyes and all of its evil. What the hell he's talking about? Does that mean every fireman, every policeman, every every worker that, you know, spent months and months in the rubble and the pile trying to recover their their fellow firemen, policemen and rescue workers? Does that mean that they were being prepared to be president, too? Because you happen to go down to the site? No. Uh, his joke uh, just fell flat. Look, it's really coming down to Bloomberg versus Bernie because Bloomberg has the money to stay in. That's the bottom line. Joe Biden showed a little bit of life last night. So some people, oh, he's no, he's really still in this. No, he's not. You know, he might win South Carolina. There's a good shot at South Carolina. Probably the best shot of uh, any state. But when you look at all the states, you look at all the polls, you know, this is now really Bernie's race to lose. It really is in a lot of different ways. Um, And there's a lot at stake in this election. So much at stake. I mean, this is about freedom and liberty versus a nanny caretaker state where promises are made, just like in the former Soviet Union, just like in Cuba, just like in Venezuela, just like in Nicaragua. And by the way, look at Finland's government recently collapsing of its own weight because they could not afford the welfare state. A moment last night, Bloomberg bragging he bought the House majority for Democrats. Yeah, I said, well, yeah, I bought, I, I, I spent $100 million to help elect. Now, you, you got it right the first time. Let, let's just go on the record. They talk about 40 Democrats. 21 of those were people that I spent $100 million to help elect. The, all of the new Democrats that came in and put Nancy Pelosi in charge and gave the Congress the ability to control this president, I, I, I got them. Yeah, I did that. You've had six national elections. The Democrats since 1992 have won the majority. Why you would take that playbook that right. has succeeded not once, six times, throw it out and try something not center left, but just left. That's what I want to get. Makes no sense. These positions uh, will be caricatured by Trump, and I think that what a lot of Democrats are saying is that a Bernie Sanders 
nomination puts the House at risk? It sounds pretty crazy. What I listened to on, uh, on 60 Minutes, he was right off. Yeah, but here's Has there been a communist re regime that Bernie Sanders visited that he didn't find something appealing? There is nothing groovy about a dictatorship. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it's just nothing good. Mr. Vice President, how would you deal with North Korea? You don't negotiate with a dictator, give him legitimacy without any notion whether he is going to do anything at all. You don't do that. Look what happened. He gave this dictator, he's a thug, legitimacy. We've weakened the sanctions around the world against holding uh, us, uh, committing people not to trade anything from oil to parts that they can deal with uh, providing missile technology. And what's happened? It's been weakened. I would be in Beijing, I would be calling to, I would be speaking with Xi Jinping, I would be reassigning the relationship between Japan and South Korea, and I would make it clear, I would make it clear to China, we are going to continue to move closer to make sure that we can, in fact, prevent China, prevent North Korea from launching missiles to take okay. them down, and if we don't... Okay. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. Okay. <laughs> okay, sir. That's my Catholic school training. <laughs> okay, so. So when you hear that song, Leonard Skinner's Simple Man, that means it is all things Bill O'Reilly and BillOReilly.com. Um, you know, this has now taken off. I think on your website, you're going to have to create Bill O'Reilly Simple Man t-shirts. I could. That's true. Um, and by the way, I, I should get a cut of that. Simple people, though, you know, I want to be very sensitive to the simple people in the world and don't want to make fun of them because I am a simple man and I know how that feels. Okay, we're all simple people in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, when you think of well, let's because this let's go into this and, and answer this question through the pr prism of that disaster of a debate last night. Okay. Yes. Okay. So most people, I think, want to have simple lives. Most people, they would like to live in a nice house and yes. drive a nice car, a safe car, and, mm -hmm. and they'd like to take a vacation when their kids are young. Every kid wants to go to Disney, right? Um, yep. I think people want good schools for their kids. Simple stuff, right? Basic, simple, fundamental stuff, which I believe is achievable, but only in America and only because this system of capitalism has created the, the greatest advancement of the human condition. Because we're free. You take it from there. It's already happened here. Correct. It's not that we have to strive for it. Most people in America, even people in poverty, live very well. You know the studies that poor people in America have air conditioning, have cars, have big screen TVs. They live pretty well compared to the rest of the world. So why are we tearing down? You see, people are going to misconstrue what you just said here. 
you wouldn't want to live in a neighborhood that was socio socioeconomically where this is where Bloomberg screwed up, you know, where there might be more crime, more drugs, gangs, etc. And I would like to see all of America transcend all of those cultural problems. But it's never going to happen. So you're talking about a nirvana that's never going to exist. And I can make an argument that even poor people in America live better than middle class people in most other countries in the world. So why do you want to destroy a system that provides opportunity to rise and improve your circumstance as my parents did, your parents did, they came out of the Depression, nobody had anything. All right. So they used the capitalistic system to get their kids into college, and then the kids did better than they do. So the argument now is that it's all fixed, and you can't do it. Uh, it's rigged, and the billionaires did it in the corporation, so we have to tear the whole thing down. That's a simple argument, but it's a stupid argument. So I'm a simple man, but I'm not a stupid man. And there's a difference between simple and stupid. And last night, what we watched was stupid. The whole thing from top to bottom, the debate. The first thing is Jerry Springer should have been the moderator. And then <laughs> yeah. you should have brought in Geraldo to hit somebody with a chair. Oh, be nice okay. to our friend Geraldo. That's so mean. I know it is, but Geraldo expects that kind of treatment from me. That's true. Anyway, it was, it was when I sat there and watched it, all right, because you and I have done literally tens of thousands of interviews in our career. And we've interviewed everybody on that stage, maybe not the exact person, but people like them. And there's a way to control people. And the CBS five-person um, uh, moderating panel had no blanking clue on uh, how to do anything. And it was almost amusing to watch it. But what the message was out there was that Bernie Sanders is feared. I hope everybody understands this. The Democratic Party fears him, and they fear him on two ways. They know he's going to lose to Donald Trump, and you know the wise guys like Rahm Emanuel and Podesta. They know. Carvel. They know. And the other thing is the Bernie bros. So if you go after Bernie, these people on social media will smear you. Uh, they'll do horrible things to you. And... Uh, so you have, uh, he has almost a protection around him, a shield around him, Sanders does. But if you look at really essentially what he's saying, he's telling you, and I respect Sanders for this, he's telling you, I hate America because it's a racist place. He's already said that. We're a racist society top to bottom. And millions, perhaps most Americans, don't have a chance to improve their circumstance in our economy. So I, Bernie, am going to give you everything. And in return, he doesn't say this, and this is the key. You will sacrifice all your personal freedoms because the federal government will control how much you make, how much you spend, where you go. He says nothing's going to change on Medicare for all. Uh, is that right? Well, you're going, to, you're going to say to the doctors, I'm going to pay you this for this procedure. A lot of doctors are going to say no. I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. I'm going to make more money in a research place or doing something else. So therefore, you're going to have to see a physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner. You're not going to see a doctor anymore because there won't be enough doctors, particularly in the poor neighborhoods that you just spoke about. They won't be there, just like in Cuba. There are no doctors in Cuba. 
They can't get medical care there, even though it's free, because all the doctors have left. It's amazing. And you'll never hear that, ever, from the moderators of CBS, from the Democratic uh, candidates, or certainly from the socialist Sanders himself. Look, his praise of the former Soviet Union, Nicaragua, Daniel Ortega, the, the Castro regime in Cuba, uh, and even Venezuela is very revealing. Now, you see, maybe Bernie is a little more open and honest, but all of those candidates on stage last night support open borders, amnesty, Absolutely. free health care, uh, debt forgiveness, no Second Amendment. They all want to get rid of oil, gas, the lifeblood of the world's economy. They all are offering some version of every single thing in life is free, 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 free. And and when you add it up, well, you don't need to be a, a, a mathematician to understand that a hundred million dollars uh, I'm sorry, trillion dollars in 10 years with Medicare for all and the new Green Deal is a disaster. Well, there's one candidate who doesn't believe all that, and that's Bloomberg. The guy that wants death panels that will tell a 95-year-old, go home, we're not going to treat your cancer, go home and die? Because that's what he's on tape saying. Bloomberg is not a far-left progressive. He may be trying to masquerade as one with the Green New Deal stuff and the I'm going to take your gun stuff, but he isn't. He doesn't believe that. He's a self-reliant guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he definitely believes in this environmental extremism. He definitely yeah, is yeah, anti-Second Amendment. I, that's the exception, okay? He does believe in those things. That's why he's running as a Democrat. I uh, can't run as a Republican if you believe that, you know, we have to change the whole economy for climate change and you're not allowed to have a gun. But that's it. He doesn't believe in socialism. He doesn't believe in uh, Medicare for all. He doesn't believe in any of that. But he's not going to say it because he has to get the nomination within this progressive tent of the Democratic Party. So you've got a little subterfuge from Bloomberg. He, he, and by the way, he would be the toughest for President Trump to run against. Maybe. But President Trump would wipe out all the rest of them fairly easy. But with 200, with two billion dollars, billion to spend. So he'll Bloomberg, spend, he'll spend 10 billion. He'd be the toughest. Now, Trump could roll him in the debate because as you see, uh, Bloomberg is very very tentative in the debates. He, he does, he's not quick on his feet. He doesn't like to be challenged. Um, he's not personable. It, it, there's really, he's not a strong public speaker. Trump knows how to get him, too. But of all of them, Republicans and Trump supporters should fear Bloomberg the most. I don't disagree with that analysis, although I don't see a path. Um, Bloomberg telling old people go home and die is not going to resonate with a part of the Democratic base, which is older Americans yeah, that yeah, were. But, uh, well, hang on. Then it, you know, Bill, his comments. Now, it, you're, it's not you're microing it. You no, you're it's not it. Well, here's the problem, though, because the Democratic Party is a coalition party like the Republican Party is a coalition party. A big part of that coalition is. Older Americans that want Medicare and Social Security. Another, right. another part is minorities, African-Americans. And I'm going to tell you something, Bill. It's not going to go over well, and it's not going over well. Murder, murderers and murder victims fit one MO, just one. Take the description, Xerox it, pass it out to all cops. They're all male minorities, 16 to 25. 
uh, yeah, I only arrested uh, minority kids for marijuana. We throw minority kids up against the wall. Why? Because we put all the cops all in minority neighborhoods because that's where all the crime is. Now, if you said that or I said that, it would be the end of our careers. But you have to understand the context of what's happening within the Democratic Party. So what's going to happen? Biden. Biden last night told the world that 150 million people have been killed by guns in the United States. Lie. Since Bernie Sanders in 2007 voted against the Brady Bill. Now, it wasn't a lie. It's that Biden doesn't know what he's saying. You know how many people were killed in World War II? Less than 100 million. By the way, he, he's lost his mind. I mean, Bill, yes. he says I he's running anybody... for Senate. I mean, this guy is gone. All right. Um, if you look at the numbers, look, you're a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy. It looks like it's Bernie's to lose at this point. We are now six days away from Super Tuesday. Saturday, we have South Carolina. Saturday looks like it's going to be either Biden or Sanders. But if you look at the states, the guy that is leading in almost all of them is Bernie Sanders. Do you see that changing before Super Tuesday? Here's what I see happening. I think Biden will win South Carolina, but Biden is so damaged. Again, we'll go back to what we talked about before the break. When you look into the camera, you say 150 million people have been killed in America by guns. And the CBS people don't even correct it. Can you imagine that? I mean, I'm just saying, oh, that's absurd. That's insane. What kind of a person would say that? That's not a mistake. By the way, that's uh, ha- that's half the population in America. And uh, yeah, but the day before he said that, you know, he was running for Senate bill. He's not exactly all there. No, but that's a slip of the tongue. I can understand. I do that um, sometimes make dopey remarks. But that stat, he throws that stat out when the stat is less than 20,000. Americans a year killed in gun violence, and we don't count suicides for that. That's just homicides and police shootings, less than 20,000. Over a 13-year period, that's insane. And nobody corrects him, and he's there. How many times does he say the word, in fact? How many times? 80? 100? Well, it's a, he, he has 50, been taught because 50? his brain is not moving as quickly yeah, as yours. That's right. So you can't elect him. So there's only three electable Democrats, right? Bloomberg, Biden, and Sanders. You can't elect Joe Biden because he can't even get a thought out of his mouth. You can't. And it and he won't get elected. I used to think he would, but I'm shocked. Right, I got to go. So give me your prediction. Who gets the nomination? I'm saying Bloomberg gets it now because Bloomberg will spend so much money slaughtering Bernie Sanders in ads. Wait till you see the attacks that Bloomberg launches on Bernie Sanders. It's going to be vicious. That I agree on. All right, Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com, all things O'Reilly. James O'Keefe strikes again, and wow, what a discovery we have. We will break that coming up next right here on The Sean Hannity Show. Straight ahead. Reporting and investigating the stories that matter to you. Sean Hannity is on right now. We don't hold him to account. We also don't give him credit for what things he does. Again, I think some of that, at least in, in where, the place that I work and, and the places like it, is that uh, we, you know, with Trump, we're interested in three things. We're interested in the outrage of the day. 
the investigation and kind of the palace intrigue of who's backstabbing who. But beyond that, you know, like, I'm the guy. You consider yourself a Democrat socialist? Yeah. Like, more than that, I consider myself a socialist. Like, I think there should be national health insurance. I'm totally fine with reigning in corporations. I think there are too many billionaires. And I think that there's a wealth gap that's a problem. I mean, like, nobody in New York goes and hangs out. I mean, the people in New York are absolutely, I think, fascinated by it. How can people like Donald Trump? How can people understand Trump? Cross the Hudson now and then and come out and spend some time. And you'll hear why. You know, and I, I still think that we, we don't understand it. Little hard to hear, but Project Veritas has struck again. New video just released. It's on their website. We link it to Hannity.com, ProjectVeritas.com. This is of uh, ABC News correspondent by the name of David Wright and an ABC News producer by the name of Andy Pies, uh, both admitting what is utter frustration with their network bosses and their refusal to cover News that is important to voters and instead choosing to cover Donald Trump's latest tweets and palace intrigue in the White House and impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. But anyway, in these audios, what we're hearing here is both Wright and Fies actually saying they believe the media does not care about understanding voters, which is true, uh, because the, you know, corporate media, as they describe it, has been significantly diminished It has significantly diminished the media's ability to deliver real journalism. What have I been saying since 07 and 08? Journalism in America is dead. Now, both of them said they believe that ABC News is making the same mistakes the network made in 2016. And Wright, by the way, graduated from Harvard and Oxford, told Project Veritas journalists about the current state of ABC News And the media in general, and he literally said, we are not disciplined enough to cut Trump off. And we second guess ourselves because we're sensitive to the accusation that we're in the tank for the Democrats. And so that enables them. And so we enable them. And every time we take the bait on it, that's what he wants. It's totally uh, an abusive relationship. Trump's the nightmare spouse that you can't win an argument with, quote, with Trump. We're interested in three things, the outrage of the day, the investigation and the palace intrigue of who's backstabbing whom. Beyond that, we don't really cover uh, the guy Trump. Who's who's Trump throwing out of the White House today? Who's blowing the whistle and stabbing Trump in the back? We're in this awkward moment where we have this blanking president. We can't figure out how to challenge him. We we don't hold Trump to account. We don't give him credit either for things that he does do. I feel terrible about it, he says. I feel the truth suffers. And I say, and he goes on to say that voters are poorly informed and people have also have the opportunity to tune into whatever they want to hear. And so it's like there is no upside in our bosses. They don't see an upside in doing the job we're supposed to do, which is to speak truth to power and hold people accountable. In television, we've lost any sense of context, perspective, and it's the urgent moment and the horse race and the outrage from Trump. And I think that we don't have the bandwidth to give everybody, political candidates, a fair shot. And we should. We're all guilty of the same thing. And I think that all the big news organizations, and I'm speaking about broadcast television, ABC, CBS, NBC, 
We recognize we're dinosaurs and in danger of dying. It's become a profit center, a promotion center. Like now you can't watch GMA without it being a, a Disney princess or Marvel Avenger appearing in some segment. It's all self-promotion and promotion of a company and a promotion of individuals within the company as opposed to the kind of dedication to the story and commitment of promoting stories that we need to tell and are hard to tell. Anyway, the founder, CEO of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, is back with us. Uh, from what I hear, he has now been reassigned away from political coverage. Uh, when he uh, apparently returns, I guess he's been suspended. Any action that damages our reputation for fairness and impartiality or gives the appearance of compromising, it harms ABC News, the individuals involved, and David Wright has been suspended. To avoid any possible appearance of bias, he will be reassigned away from political coverage when he returns. Uh, first, I thought he'd gotten fired. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. I don't ever want to get on your bad side. <laughs> well, it's kind of well, like it's kind of like getting on Linda's bad side. Isn't neither one is good. Well, that's that's definitely not a good idea to get on Linda's bad side. I know, right? She has that I, reputation. I, Absolutely, you're a hundred percent correct. A force of nature. I think that this guy is. I think that this tape is special. First of all, in that they suspended him yesterday. They gave us an exclusive comment. They said, Sean, that this is a senior correspondent for ABC News, reassigned away from political coverage. Uh, David Wright has been suspended to avoid any possible appearance of bias, said the network bosses. And this guy, Wright, is just being honest. He's just talking about how ABC's pushing Disney products on Good Morning America. Uh, he called himself a socialist. He calls Trump a bad name, the D word in this tape. He also though, seems to say that they don't give Trump credit. They don't give him enough credit. He actually says this about Trump, that they, that they don't give him enough credit for the things that he does right. So he's simultaneously kind of trashing Trump, calling himself a socialist, but also saying Trump does some good things and we don't we don't talk about it. We don't care about voters. We don't cross the Hudson River, this guy says, to to look at what voters care about. So he's just being honest. He's been suspended for being honest. And for that, I think it was wrong to suspend him. I think he was just telling the truth, Sean. Well, I think so, too. And, uh, in, you know, he was I, he, he did not know he was being interviewed. Correct. Well, he was. This is an interesting question. He was in the Manchester bar on primary night talking to his colleagues, speaking loudly. By the way, that's never a good idea. Never being in a bar at night. So, so, you know, it's like most newspaper people, if they're going to anonymously quote someone or from a meeting, they do the same thing. It just so happens to be that one of these people had an audio recording device on and recorded him saying all these things. Look, the bottom line is and I've been saying it forever. Journalism in America is dead. We've been following it. We've been covering it. We have a dual system of justice. We, you know, look at how wrong the mob and the media has been. Um, let me give you an example. So last month, another record month, Fox News. And thanks to this audience, they give me that camera every night. They give me the microphone every day. I can't do it without them. But uh, and and honestly, the reason I would argue my show is successful is because we seek out the truth. We seek out news information on radio and television with the best team in radio and the best team in television that you're not going to get on any of those networks, any of the cable networks or the New York Times or the Washington Post. All of them have been spewing lies, slander, besmirchment, conspiracy theories, hoaxes, uh, and they never take response. And they've been wrong. 
They've lied to their audiences repeatedly and simultaneously missing the biggest abuse of power corruption scandal in history, which would start with uh, the dirty Russian dossier and premeditated fraud on a FISA court and spying on a presidential candidate, transition team and president. Um, they, They did not want to cover that story. They still don't cover that story. I mean, this is what they. This is what this guy says, Sean, because it's hard to hear it over the radio. But he says, "quote We're all guilty of the same thing." I think that all the big news organizations, the broadcast television, ABC, CBS, NBC, quote, we've lost any sense of context and perspective. It's all outrage from Trump. The truth suffers. The voters are poorly informed. This guy says, and and uh, and he says this effing president. He's talking about Trump, but he's also you know giving Trump some praise. And he says, we're not interested in voters. And by the way, this is, not, this is not surprising. It's not shocking. Everyone talks this way. In fact, most reporters talk this way, at least that I've heard in my limited interaction with them. It's just nobody has the moral courage to say this publicly, which is the purpose behind why we exist. And these brave insiders inside ABC News, the same person that broke us this story in November, it led to more people coming to us and sometimes, sometimes we're more honest and private. And, and, and I think that investigating the press is not about being against the First Amendment. It's consistent with the First Amendment because the Fourth Estate has more power than all three branches of government, as far as I'm concerned. And we need to investigate them. So I'm, I'm just most surprised that they suspended this man for saying what everyone knows to be true. And, and now, Sean, all the blue check mark, you know, verified journalists, Variety, the Washington Post called me. Brian Stelter at CNN even mentioned me by name, which is shocking because usually he doesn't want to actually. Well, we call name we call him Humpty sleep. Dumpty. If Humpty Dumpty's Humpty full time job is being <laughs> Jeff Zucker's stenographer and hating me and hating Fox. That's all he does. Well, they're they're all paying attention because this is one of their own. Because they say the similar things, and they're all very outraged about uh, ABC suspending this guy. So very interesting de- series of developments here, developing story, all happening now. And, and I hope that it leads to more insiders. If you're, if you're listening to this program and you're on the inside of one of these places, you should send us a note, Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com. We'll give you a camera. And you, too, can be part of the Veritas Army and reveal what's going on inside these institutions. The thing is, is I don't see any of it changing. You consider yourself a Democrat socialist? Yeah. Like, more than that, I'd consider myself a socialist. Like, uh, I think there should be national health insurance. I'm totally fine with reigning in corporations. I think there are too many billionaires. And I think that there's a wealth gap. That's a problem. All right, as we continue, uh, James O'Keefe, ProjectVeritas.com has struck again. Now, let's say in 251 days... The ultimate jury, which is we, the American people, they decide to reelect Donald Trump. And they, all these networks and fake news network, CNN and conspiracy TV, MSDNC, they have to say the magical words. We can now project Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. They're going to lose their minds. It is. If you think 2016 was bad, it is going to be worse. Um I don't think they you know what's missing in all of this? They they there's there's a lack of understanding of anything outside of DC, New York, LA, and San Francisco. It really comes down to that. 
and a contempt for, and it reveals itself at times, you know, smelly Trump uh, supporting Walmart shoppers and irredeemable deplorables, and, you know, they cling to their God and their Second Amendment rights, their Bibles and religion, and they're angry. There is a deep contempt for we, the people that voted for Donald Trump. They hate us. Well, I mean, they do. And the question is, will it be fixed? Will it change? I'm not sure it will change unless we do more videos like this, Sean. I mean, this is you got to catch them in their own words. You got to inform the people. People people have to see and images tend to transfix people's emotions in a way that words do not. I mean, everyone's talking about this right now. I've got um, all the blue checkmark reporters are, are sending me tweets. This is outrageous. He deserves, he's a, has a right to be a socialist. But what he's saying is fundamentally true. That the, the, the whole, I don't even know what these people believe in, Sean. Is it, is it selling Disney product, uh, projects and Marvel comic books? Do they believe in reporting information? Do they care about what the voters, these are like really profound things this guy is saying. And he's telling the truth. Look, look, look at the comments. Think about this. Report. James O'Keefe. Look at Michael Bloomberg. I could teach anybody to be a farmer. I could teach anyone here to be a farmer. You just drop, you dig a hole, drop a seed, cover it with dirt, put some water on it, and up pops your corn. And I'm thinking, wow, if that is, there's a level of sheer arrogance and total complete ignorance. And, and then taking it a step further, well, today's world requires a, a lot more gray matter. I'm like, wow, is that what you think of the sophisticated chemistry and science that goes into agriculture and farming today? Because, man, you're out of touch. I, I hear it. I, I, I hear it. And, and all I can say is that the only way we're going to solve this problem is for people to see and hear what is happening inside these news. I had a source tell me inside the Washington Post they were all crying. The day that Trump got elected, they're all crying. And that doesn't surprise you, I'm sure. But what if we had video of that? What if we could hear what they were saying? And I know that these people out there are listening to this program. I know that you're out there. All right, James O'Keefe, as always, thank you for being with us. Uh, ProjectVeritas.com. Hannity.com has the link. And uh, we'll show you the important parts of his investigative report tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern on Fox. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. And it's my strong opinion that the forewoman of the jury, the woman who was in charge of the jury, is totally tainted. When you take a look, how can you have a person like this? She was a anti-Trump activist. Now, how can you have a jury pool tainted so badly? It's not fair. What happened to him? is unbelievable. They say he lied. But other people lied too. Just to mention Comey lied. McCabe lied. Lisa Page lied. Her lover struck. Peter struck. Lied. All right, news roundup and information overload hour, 800-941-SHAWN, if you want to be a part of the program. Well, you know, we have all the articles and all the evidence and the IG reports. Uh, yeah, McCabe uh, showed lack of candor under oath three times. Why didn't he get indicted? USA Today, James Clapper lied to Congress. Uh, the Guardian, CIA Director John Brennan lies to, con- uh, to the U.S. Senate. 
Uh, the New York Post, Loretta Lynch lied to Congress. Washington Examiner, James Comey lied to Congress. Uh, Loretta Lynch, James Comey again. Town Hall lied to Congress. Investors Business Daily, Eric Holder lied to Congress. Washington Times, Lois Lerner lied to Congress. Uh, U.S. Uh, Treasury Secretary Jack Lew in the Obama years, uh, Washington Post, yep, lied to Congress about a key part of the Iranian deal. Deputy, Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe, quote, lied to Congress and investigators. Well, that's the Inspector General report and the Washington Times. Uh, Washington Examiner, Clinton aide Cheryl Mills lied to DOJ officials. Uh, let's see, the Daily Caller, Clinton aide Uma Abedin lied to DOJ officials. So don't take my word for it. It's all over the place. And you can't dispute what the facts tell us in all of this. Look, there, there is so much here, and this is why everybody's got, gotten so frustrated with the fact that there seems to be in America today a dual system of justice. Now, I understand the inspector general was confined to only investigating the Department of Justice and the FBI. I got it. But there were numerous referrals that were made. There were examples after example of people that I would say when you say you lie and you lie under oath, that would be a crime. And yet nothing has happened to them. Then you take the case of Roger Stone and you watch what's happening. All right. You know, it was funny with this judge yesterday. I'm watching all of this unfold and and getting real time uh, reports about what's going on, although we were only able to hear from it, hear from people because they were only able to hear the proceedings. The judge wanted to keep it secret and private as she is now, you know, asking the jurors about this woman, Tamika Hart, the four uh, woman in this jury. You know what? She didn't ask the jury if any of you were being tried by a jury. Any of you, would you want somebody on the jury that had been outspoken against you? Would you want somebody on the jury uh, that thought, well, if you're a Trump supporter, then you're a racist? Because that's the question. I, you know, it's really, really simple and it's really fundamental and it's really basic and constitutional. And that is we have a right to an impartial jury, period. But that didn't happen in the Stone case, you know, and it's like with the WikiLeaks issue. You know, anyone ever read the Pentagon Papers case, landmark Supreme Court decision, 6-3 decision in favor of the New York Times, Washington Post, and they published stolen materials, classified materials as it relates to the the Pentagon and their analysis and and details of the Vietnam War. Well, what happened in that case? Well, they came down in favor of something called freedom of the press. You know, it's ironic. Julian Assange facing Espionage uh, Act charges, publishing otherwise secret material. That seems to be covered by the Pentagon Papers case. Uh, Then they're talking about, well, he got materials from Russia. I played the interview with him. We actually took the time. We flew all the way out in one day. We flew to Great Britain. We went to the Ecuadorian embassy. I was shocked at how small it was. The guy lived in like 350 square, uh, 350 square feet, and he lived there for seven and a half years, and now he's facing extradition to the U.S. Uh, okay, well, Hillary Clinton paid for Russian disinformation. How come she's walking around lecturing us even yesterday? 
that the Russians are likely now going to uh, uh, try and interfere in the 2020 election. I think the argument could be made when she paid for Russian lies that were leaked to the media and and hacks like David Korn and Michael Lizakoff. Well, she bought Russian dirt to impact the 2020 election. And she did it in a way that I would argue is nefarious also. Funneling money through a law firm, hiring an op research firm, hiring a foreign national. So, you know, when are we going to go after her? Why are we involved in this other case if somebody's involved in reporting something and you don't like what they're reporting and people didn't want to believe what he told me in the interview? That's fine. I don't care if you believe it or not. That's what he said. But ultimately, we do know what she did. And ultimately, it's ironically and sadly, it's the same thing. You know, so I'm watching all of these injustices. You think you think General Flynn was treated fairly? Did we really need for five process crimes Did we really need 29 guys in tactical gear and frogmen in a pre-dawn raid to pull in Roger Stone? Pretty old, you know, he's in his late 60s, I guess, by now, maybe early 70s. Did we really need that? Did we really need a judge that says, if you say one thing publicly in your own defense, I thought we had freedom of speech, I'm going to put you in jail. During the whole trial, he he had a muzzle on his mouth. Well, maybe he wanted to go out there and defend himself, which I thought in America would be pretty straightforward. I don't think that that that's a problem. You know, you've got a, you know, the the four woman in this case, she she outed herself. She didn't like that Attorney General Barr looked at the, the Mueller and the overzealous prosecutors on T. Mueller wanting nine years for five process crimes, intimidating a witness and a witness that was so-called intimidated said, no, don't put this guy in jail for this. That's just who he is. He's, he's Roger being Roger, which was fairly unprecedented. But I guess she wanted the guy in jail forever to die in jail, I guess. Just kind of like with the Manafort case. People aren't going to be happy unless Paul Manafort, okay, income tax issues, lying on loan applications, a dumb thing to do. Does he need to die in jail for that? Is that a death sentence now? You, you look at this this one jury four person, mocking bar, you know, had commended the four prosecutors that wanted nine years, angry. Uh, we now know that she had herself said that Stone inserted himself into pressing a pressing issue of the day, whether Assange had Hillary's emails, how did he get them, whatever that was all about. Stone wanted to malign Hillary Clinton with our research. Okay, that's called politics. That's what people do. You know, what do you think happened? What do you think Hillary was paying for with the dirty Russian dossier? You know, you look at the comments about the president that this woman has made. And I'm sitting here thinking this this can't be the United States of America. This this is not constitutional order. All of our laws are based on that document. The Constitution. There's not a single person in America, not one, that would ever want ever a jury member would ever declare somebody that hates you and has said so publicly hating you on a jury judging your criminal case. You know, she kept mentioning the committee was run by Nunes and Republicans and Donald Trump supporters were all racist and Donald Trump was like a KKK member. I think it's pretty clear that she had a, a, a pretty biased opinion on the case before she ever sat on that jury. Well, that would call for a new trial, wouldn't it? That would call for a dismissal in this particular case. But no, then that's not happening right now. It's a little scary. That's not even a little scary. It's very scary. You know, 
what the lead stone juror writes in the questionnaire is also scary. You have jury questionnaires, portion of which was obtained by the Daily Caller. And Stone uh, alleges Hart, former Democrat, this woman, jury four-person, withheld information during the jury selection process. Her Twitter feed shows that she indeed posted multiple times about the Russia probe, at least once about Stone. Well, she, if you post one time about the guy you're, you're supposed to be impartial about, and it's pretty negative, I would argue uh, that's got to go. That can't hold. Anyway, Greg Jarrett and David Schoen are with us right now. Uh, guys, welcome back to the program. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? David, you have been following this as closely as anybody. Yeah, let, let me say this. You know, it's not just, by the way, the matter of the juror posting. Social media, as you well know, is interactive. She says she has 2,500 to 3,000 followers. The judge, when it came to Roger Stone, said specifically at sentencing, Roger Stone cons- consciously used the tools of social media to achieve the broadest dissemination of his message possible. Well, how about this juror? This wasn't a juror who passively was thinking about things. And some of the things, by the way, you mentioned are actually comments the judge made. How would you like to have a judge sitting on your case who now says at sentencing this was about Roger Stone maligning Hillary? Uh, about, well, look, it came from Nunez's committee. She said on there, talk about a political message, she said in sentencing that because of Roger Stone, the House committee investigating this Russia collusion came to an incorrect conclusion. This is just that's a political message. She's trying to do what Mueller couldn't do. Mueller had that information. He couldn't conclude there was conclusion. But Nunez, spokesperson, said, What's the judge talking about? We had a 240-page report. Maybe it mentions Roger Stone once. He didn't change our conclusion. And then she said, Roger Stone, as you said, insinuated himself into an issue of the day, not to support President Trump, but to cover up for President Trump. That's this judge, Article Three judge appointed for life by President Obama, making a finding that the president did something wrong and that Roger Stone was covering up for him. That's outrageous. And the whole time she's professing uh, to be against the politicization of the institutions that she holds with such great sanctity. Nonsense. She denigrated the institution of the federal courts that I work in every day. All right, take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We'll hold these guys through the next half hour. Greg Jarrett, David Schoen, 800-941-SHAWN, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, as we continue, the dual system of justice that appears in America today, uh, Greg Jarrett and David Schoen are with us. They'll stay with us through the half hour. Uh, Greg, let's get your overall take on this. First of all, is it not a tainted jury if the jury foreperson is is tweeting out in social media or posting on social media negative comments about the person that she is now uh, deciding their future and fate of. I, uh, you're right. I went through her posts again last night. She has one referring to Trump with a hashtag Klan president. She has a string of posts commenting directly about the Stone case negatively, praising the Mueller investigation, suggesting the president and his supporters, such as Stone, are racists. She should never, under any circumstances, have been sitting in judgment of the defendant. She had manifest prejudice against the accused by virtue of his association with Trump. As four-person, as a lawyer, she had the ability to guide and induce other jurors to convict Stone. I don't care what they said in the hearing yesterday. Of course they're going to say, oh, it was a fair process. They don't want the weeks that they spent to have been wasted because of this four-person juror bias. 
Roger Stone had his due process rights deprived. It was not an impartial jury, uh, as the Sixth Amendment demands, and it is only right that a new trial be granted. Judge Amy Berman Jackson will not do that uh, because she herself is biased, as the motion for her own recusal uh, explained in great detail. Well, I mean, to me, this is fundamental. Would any juror, would anybody being tried for any crime want a juror, not even a jury foreperson, uh, to sit on a case when they had a prejudice against them? And the answer is yeah, I mean, no. Yeah. You know, you're, you're supposed to be neutral and dispassionate as you evaluate the evidence. The fact is she concealed her bias from the jury. Uh, you know, in any other courtroom, I, I, you know, I think there might be consideration for a false and, and uh, misleading statement charge against that foreperson. Uh, David Show, we have 20 seconds and, and you get the last 20. You asked the question exactly right. Would you want her on, on, her, on your case? This judge revealed her true uh, leanings at the sentencing. She asked the lawyers to speak, and then she had a written script prepared ahead of time. We don't know if we've even scratched the surface about this jury yet. These are social media posts that a journalist found. How about the interaction? Did other people respond to this? There might be deception here, failure to follow instructions, extraneous influence on the verdict, all kinds of things. This judge is what we call a rescuer in jury selection. Whatever the juror says, she says, well, can't you put that aside and be fair? Okay, that's good enough. That, that's not the way this process works. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. The issue of equal justice under the law. Is it happening in America? Now, we do have Bill Barr, the attorney general. He's been pretty clear about what happened. He's looking into the origins of the... Russia witch hunt and the investigation known as Operation Crossfire Hurricane. And he has John Dorm, a prosecutor, now doing all his work behind the scenes, going on almost a year now. And they're committed. We know certain things that the attorney general has said, little crumbs, if you will. He stepped in about the overzealous uh, guidelines for for jail time regarding Roger Stone. The judge in the case even validated that. Uh, opinion of the attorney general in spite of people saying that's outrageous. Well, rapists that are convicted uh, median time in jail is 4.2 months in jail. That's it. Then we have all the people that I've been mentioning that we know have lied and they have not been charged like, oh, let's see, General Flynn and who didn't lie. The FBI didn't even think he lied and ironically said, well, after you sell your house and pay your lawyer's fees, and if you don't sign this paper saying you're a liar, even though we didn't find you to be a liar, uh, we're going to go after your family and your son in particular, and we'll, we may end up putting him in jail. And he ended up signing. I don't think that's justice in America. Uh, I don't think there's equal justice with all the issues involving Hillary Clinton, the Espionage Act, the server with top-secret classified information in it, the deleted subpoenaed emails, the acid washing with bleach bit of the hard drive to remove any forensics of any emails. And then, of course, devices being busted up with hammers. I don't think anybody it's now incontrovertible. The evidence as it relates to Hillary Clinton paying for a dirty Russian dossier. How ironic. Julian Assange who's now uh, fighting against extradition to the U.S. over the issue of the Espionage Act and information that 
some three-letter agencies think came from Russia. Denied it to me when I interviewed him, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and the fact that Hillary actually paid for Russian lies. Well, she's running around warning about Russia interfering again in 2020, but she paid for Russia to interfere in 2016. It doesn't get any worse than any of this. Uh, anyway, so we continue with uh, David uh, Schoen and Greg Jarrett, and I'm looking at all of these things. Where do you see all of this ending up? Because I didn't get any feeling from that judge yesterday. You were listening in, David Schoen, and you've been in the courtroom in Roger Stone's case. I didn't get any feeling from that judge whatsoever that she sees anything at all wrong with a jury foreperson that had posted on social media negative things about Trump, Trump supporters, and Roger Stone specifically. I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, that's the only impression anyone could take away from it. This judge has had her mind made up for a long time. She has an agenda. That should never be with a judge. You know, you want to talk about a conflict. This is what your listeners should know, uh, among many other things. The judge said that Roger Stone uh, was maligning Hillary Clinton, and he was trying to get opposition research against her. So you have the double standard you've mentioned. But how about this? Prosecutor who helped get the indictment against Roger Stone, Jeannie Ree. Jeannie Ree from the infamous Mueller-Weissman team of all political partisans was Hillary Clinton's lawyer, personal lawyer, in the email scandal. Mueller's firm represented Hillary Clinton. How is that not a conflict of interest? And how can the judge with a straight face uh, possibly dignify having this prosecution in her courtroom? Well, I mean, that's the point, isn't it, Greg Jarrett? It is. But, you know, I step back and I just there's no wonder why many Americans, myself included, and I've been a lawyer for 40 years, have lost faith in our system of justice. It goes all the way back to Hillary Clinton. You know, she should have been charged with 110 felony counts representing the 110 classified documents she put on her private, unsecured server. And on top of that, during his testimony, James Comey admitted to Congress that Hillary Clinton gave 10 people who did not have security clearance classified information. So there's another 10 charges. If five people close to Hillary were given immunity in exchange for nothing, which means they likely committed crimes, yet were never charged. How can you prosecute Michael Flynn, who told the truth, according to the FBI, for lying and not prosecute Andrew McCabe, who admitted he lied up to four times? It, it, this is unequal and selective prosecution. And frankly, I've lost all faith in the Department of Justice. So you, you know, you know what highlights what Greg just said at the end. One of the prosecutors sitting at the table in the Roger Stone case is the one who wrote the letter to McCabe, telling him he wouldn't be prosecuted. And when they came to court, they undercut what Mr. Barr properly did. They said, "Well, we're not withdrawing our first sentencing recommendation." And then they asked the judge to apply every enhancement. Meanwhile, pretty unbelievable times. How does this now play out, Durham Barr? Uh, Roger Stone, General Flynn, Julian Assange. How do you all see this falling out? And does, do we hit a tipping point, a moment where every American begins to realize that there is a great injustice in the country going on, that we don't have equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws, that constitutional rights are being thwarted, that a deep state abused their power, that corruption at the highest levels did occur. 
uh, and get it all cleaned out. I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, this is what draining the swamp looks like. It's pretty, pretty ugly at this particular point. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel where those that did these things will be held accountable and those that were innocent and victim victimized in these cases and targeted unjustly in these cases that they get proper resolution? Greg, there's there's no justice in our system of justice unless you hold people accountable for the crimes they have committed. Uh, So down the road, we expect the Durham uh, investigation to produce a report, maybe some prosecutions. Uh, But, you know, as I said on your show last night, you know, I'm sort of 50 50 about that. Will people be held accountable? Um, I'm not sure now if you don't prosecute a guy like Andrew McCabe. Uh, then then why do I have reason to believe that others will be held accountable? Your take, David Schoen. Yeah, very difficult to disagree with that. Listen, McCabe admitted to lying. The inspector general, who was a straight shooter, uh, exposed... Well, hang on. He admitted to lying after he was caught 400 times. That's right. That's right. And now what do they say to him? I'm sorry, you get a pass. Uh, it's too institutionalized, unfortunately, right now. There's not the will to break this open. Until that happens... Uh, I think we're in very sad shape. And the irony is this judge dared to speak about respect for the institutions. Unfortunately, we all lose a great deal of respect when she politicizes the process like she did. Unbelievable. All right. David Schoen and Greg Jarrett, thank you both for being with us. We appreciate your expertise. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, as promised to the phones we go, Danielle is in the great sunshine state of Florida. Danielle, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I want to say you're harder to get in touch with than the president. Uh, I don't know how to take that. Uh, Well, we're glad you called and we're glad you're on. And thank you for being with us. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the hypocrisy. And thank you for always pointing out everything that's been going on. Um, You know, when Bernie Sanders made that comment about communism and Fidel Castro, um, you know, the first thing I thought about was how they made the comment uh, in Charlottesville about good people on both sides, which he only meant the left and the right. He had had nothing to do with white supremacists. And it's kind of the same. You're going to say that, you know, Trump did something horrible and racist, yet, you know, you have Bernie Sanders talking about Fidel Castro and a, a, a literacy program like that was horrendous. And I hope that the Latino community like really makes him suffer for that. You know, the other thing is like this Roger Stone. It, it, I work in the legal field and I got to tell you, it is appalling to see what's happening in every American should be concerned with what's happening. Not Democrats, not Republicans. We're not independents. We're not libertarian. We as Americans should be scared to see what's going on. You know, I mean, there's outright bias. She posted on the Stone case. She mocked how he was arrested. She called President Trump and his supporters racist and used the hashtag Klan president. She praised the prosecutors who stepped back down. She blamed the DOJ for interfering. How is that not outright being biased? As an attorney, isn't she supposed to be held to a higher standard? You think, right? You, you know, I got to tell you, there's many moments in all of this in the last three years as we've done our deep dive and FISA abuse and premeditated fraud and deleting subpoenaed emails and 
you know, violating the Espionage Act and trying to, you know, to rig it, uh, rigging primaries and then trying to rig a general election. And and for political purposes, you give one person a legal pass and then you work a backdoor to spy on a candidate, a transition team and a president and do, then do everything in your power to take that person down. I never thought this could happen in our country, Danielle, ever. I know. I, I am. Sometimes I wake up and I think this can't be happening. The deep state, it's not a conspiracy. It's a reality. People see it. Everyday Americans see it. And, and, and Sean, I got to tell you, I just want you to know, and you just need to really have faith, because the people out here are starting to see it. They are really starting to see it. In the last two weeks, I've had now five people. One, my neighbor, who's a 60-year-old union Democrat, GM, a GM from Michigan, union Democrat. You know how hardcore Democrats they are. She came to my house and asked me, I'm registered as a Democrat. I, I can't do this anymore. I helped her change her registration so she can vote on March 17th in our primaries. My mom, I take care of my mom, who is paralyzed in a wheelchair from a stroke. Wow. Um, by the way, I'm my sorry about your mom. Good for you, though. Thank you. Give her African-American, 60-year-old, Democrat, her whole life. I never mentioned anything. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be honest with you. When I hired her so I could go to work, I hid all of my President Trump Republican stuff because of what we see out there and how people treat conservatives it's horrible you want so you, you want to walk in my, my shoes house. for like a week out no, in public no i see it i see it and, I, and we are grateful for you and and oh, it's my and pleasure Laura ingram you guys thank but you i just want you to know people are changing people are seeing what's happening i was a democrat i i was my parents who came here from italy and democrat 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 and you know what they're afraid of sean i'm going to tell you what they're afraid of coming from being a democrat Everything they're talking about is what they promised us every two and four years. All we would hear is they're going to help with, you know, prison reform. They're going to help with jobs. They're going to revitalize our community. You know, they're going to help people get off food stamps. It's, it's bull, and they want to keep people down. Yes. They want to keep people victims. That's how they get their votes. Wake up, America. Wake up. It's a powerful monologue you just gave. It really is. Uh, I take nothing for granted. I real, I, you know, who knows what dirty tricks are going to happen between now and November 3rd, 251 days from now. And the only thing I would say to people, you, you can go to Hannity.com. We have set up an interactive map. You can find out, you know, the deadlines. When do you register in your state? Early voting times, absentee voting rules, et cetera. We put it up there for informational purposes. And old, I, I keep saying you're the ultimate jury. I'm in New York. I have one vote. My vote for president is probably not going to matter. I'm going to vote, but it's not going to matter. But it's really going to matter in your state of Florida. It's going to matter in North Carolina. It's going to matter in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, New Hampshire. It's going to matter in Ohio. It's going to matter in every state, you know, including Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico. Uh, all of these states matter because there are a lot of states I don't think we have any shot at. I mean, and they're the states where everybody is, is there's a mass exodus out of these blue states, a, a mass exodus. 
Anyway, I appreciate the call, Danielle. Uh, thank you for being out there. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, we are loaded up tonight. So we have some breaking news. John Solomon will join us. Devin Nunes, Jim Jordan. Yep, he's back. Mayor Comrade de Blasio, New York City. He's now supporting Bernie Sanders. Why isn't he supporting his predecessor? I have a lot to ask him. Nikki Haley will join us. Lawrence Jones is on the road for us. Laura Trump will join us tonight. It's all 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you tonight at 9. We'll be back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.